This is Cult Scene's K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight, Alex Soyan, and Tamar Herman. And on this episode, we're discussing Super Junior and their eighth studio album, Play. Yay! So usually when we talk about a group, we try to get a super fan or expert or someone to help us out. And we have two. <laughs> I was going to say, you got us. We have two. <laughs> well, you guys are, are journalists. You're objective. We can still be fans. Neutral. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure. You guys are super junior super fans. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I got into K-pop around 2008, 2009, which is like right at, before Super Junior dropped their Sorry Sorry album. And it was just so good. The Sorry Sorry album remains one of my favorite K-pop albums. It has a lot of really good ballady dance songs on it. And pretty much it just, I was jumping around between groups, picking my biased little high school, Tamar, picking her favorite boy band. And I jumped around a bit and I discovered I was like, who are these bajillion members? Like, I can't get into this. And I like was getting into other groups. Then I got got, like, oh, okay, like I know Big Bang's members because there's five. I know 2 p.m.'s members because there were seven. And like I I know Shiny's members, but I couldn't get into Super Junior. And someone made these videos called Intro to Super Junior or something. I forget what it's called. It's like still around. Like I look at them every once in a while, just laugh at how funny these videos are. And it's pretty much individual introductions to Super Junior, and they shed light on everything that happened to this group in their early years and between their ridiculous personalities and good music and good looks and like the hardships that they went through I was like immediately sucked in and I started watching all their variety shows their music really resonates with me for a lot of reasons I really like their lyrics and like it's all about like love and whatever so sometimes I'm just laughing at how cheesy it is but at the same time being an elf which stands for everlasting friend if you don't know it even though some elves don't live up to their title because they're traitors but whatever so being an an elf has been a really rocky ride getting into things right around the start of 2009 we like lost one and a half members that year and then like just every five seconds something happens with super junior like you like you can't get a break as a fan and you can't get a break as a member of super junior and it's really I think if you ask any elf, like Alexis maybe will disagree with me, but like there is this sort of, they call themselves the last men standing. And clearly there are other acts who are older, longer lived than them. But for Super Junior, it feels like there were so many, so many, so many thousands of times that they weren't supposed to like remain a group and they still like put out albums and they still meet up with fans at events. And like right now for their black, for play album, they're like doing like really, really random small scale events to meet their fans up at close and personal. It's kind of like a thanks for sticking with us for 12 years. So Alexis, what's your history with Super Junior? Um, Actually, for me, Super Junior, it was like literally love at first sight. They were the group that like hooked me on k-pop because i don't really really exactly remember which was the first k-pop music video i watched i remember it was like one for a minute one that i didn't like i think heart to heart or something like that and then i saw 21's i am the best and shiny's lucifer and they like 
piqued my interest, of course. And I was on YouTube, like just watching their music videos. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. And then I saw one and I saw, and I saw a lot of guys and I've always been into boy bands, but boy bands weren't a thing like six, seven years ago here. So I was like, okay. So I clicked it and it was just like this 13 members. Well, no, they were like maybe 10. No, I know which song you're talking about. It definitely wasn't 13 members. Yeah, it was like 10 or 11. I think there were 11 at that point. But it was Acha. And I was just like, what is this? It's like 10, 11 guys dancing, like dressed in suits. Yeah, my whole world was rocked. And I was like, what is this? And yeah, that was like the downward spiral. (laughs) <laughs> and I started watching everything that I could find of them at that point, which was like 2011, 2012. Yeah, like late 2011. And yeah, I really, really got into them. And that just like opened the entire door for K-pop for me. How familiar are you with Super Junior, Stephen? Yeah. Yeah. So Super Junior, my impression of Super Junior has always been as a legendary established group. And I kind of knew them as more as a bunch of individual idols that I knew were in a group and put out music every once in a while. I really like their music. I mean, they do great dance music. And as you said, that album and Sexy Free and Single and Sorry, Sorry were definitely playlist tracks. But, you know, I knew individual members maybe from shows and things, but as a group, I didn't really have a strong impression of their sound or concept or history, you know, so I'm hoping to learn a lot on this show. Well, I think the most important thing, or maybe not the most important thing, but like a major factor of why I think so many elf are still dedicated to them. I wrote, I wrote like a basic news piece right before super juniors album came out about like how they're doing like the, the reality show and teasers and all this stuff is going on. And it got the sort of hits I expect on a BTS article which is like to someone who's not in the journalism field, like, okay, whatever. But like literally for K-pop articles, like BTS's numbers are through the roof. And this, this one for super junior got like 40,000 hits in a matter of hours and like 20 comments in a matter of a day when people do not comment on articles. And I was just remember thinking like, wow, (laughs) elf is there and elf is really ready to like support super juniors comeback. We've been waiting for two years. Yeah, and I think it all really comes down to the fact that the group was built. SM Entertainment is always trying to like break the K-pop mold and kind of hack it and fix like EXOs like that, NCTs like that. And Super Junior was the first one. Super Junior was a group that debuted in 2005 as Super Junior 05 with 12 members. And the members were supposed to circle out. Like they were supposed to graduate out when they were too old and they were going to bring in new members. People really didn't like that. And then in the end, they added Kiryun to make them 13. And that was it. And then they tried bringing two more in, Henry and Jomi, to be Super Junior M's members and because they're Mandarin speakers. And people did not like that. Well, you know, especially when you name it 05, if that's implying that every year you're going <laughs> to rotate members through. Yeah. That seems a little extreme. It was, they were supposed to have different lineups every single year. It was supposed to be essentially, I mean, this is how I've understood it. TVXQ was the successful group and Super Junior 05 or Suju, whatever O year it was, or Suju, I don't know if they thought it was even going to get to the 2010s, was going to be the group that they would pretty much throw the trainees that they couldn't debut in. Like, that's really what the group seemed to be built out of. Yeah, because Super Junior is basically all the rejected... Rejects from TVXQ. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know. And they were the ones who were too old to continue being trainees for Shiny. So pretty much, I mean, they were, they were not supposed to last. And when you like think that now they have nine albums or eight albums, depending on how you're counting, like, and that they're still going, even though they've had so many crazy, 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 crazy scandals happening and so many members rotating in and out because of the military, there's something admirable about that. Yeah, I looked through the history some in preparation for the show, and it struck me that Super Junior is sort of the original confusing SM group. And there's sort of the prototype in certain ways for, like you were saying, NCT and EXO. You know, some of those concepts were things that they tried with Super Junior to begin with. The Mandarin group and having people rotating in and out, having a bunch of subgroups and all that kind of stuff really originated with Super Junior. Yeah, they experimented mm-hmm. with them. Everything was like, yeah, let's see what happens. And then it and then it kept working. And it was like, okay, well, now we know. My impression is their breakthrough was the Sorry Sorry album. What was, um, is that right? And what was their history before that? I wouldn't say it's wrong to say that, but they already had, people knew them already. Like you was pretty successful in Korea. Like I just pulled up Wikipedia's page and used, you had over, 1.7 million downloads on Korean music sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a song from 2006. And then Sorry Sorry was in 2009. So they already had a pretty solid presence in K-pop's industry by their second year in 2006. And like people in Korea know their songs like You and Happiness and Don't Dawn and Marry You. And it just was in 2009 was just such a big year for K-pop in general. And Sorry Sorry came out and it was like wildfire. I, sorry Sorry is what like, catapulted them into like top tier legends icons and just like not even just in korea but like as hallyu performers and like abroad and everything like that's when they really got their title of being like the kings of hallyu so did their sound change evolve or is it just kind of Um, random no it definitely evolved their first few singles that were like big singles like twins you and don't don they were kind of like alt rock poppy twins is actually a cover it was originally recorded in 2003 by a, a british boy band called triple eight and so suju like at that time sm entertainment was doing a lot of songs from other countries that were written for other groups so like some of the shiny stuff in the late 2000s were like disney songs disney channel star songs but um twins was already a it was technically a cover and then you and Don't Don also were kind of that like very aggressive. They were going for like this very aggressive pop rocky thing that TVXQ was also doing to some degree, like very dominating. There was like some metal like screamo elements in it. It's just and... very mid aughts. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine like EXO's Mama, but like in the mid two thousands, and that's what Super Junior's early sound was. And then Sorry Sorry was their first one that really sounded the way people think of Super Junior, like really high energy, like R&B-ish, electro-pop song. Then older songs started sounding like that for a long while. What do you think, Alexis? Yeah, I think that after Sorry Sorry, they were like, okay, this is what works. Because they had the numbers to, like you said before, to put on like a really elaborate dance performance. So I think that with that, we started to see like all these I mean, they were always really good performers and they already had like the intricate choreographies. But I think that after Sorry, Sorry, they were 
doing it, I guess, more and like emphasizing, you know, Donghen Inyuk, who are the dancers. And like they, I guess a key thing about them is they have those point dances, like every song, there's like one dance move that's really memorable. And I think that it kind of started with Sorry, Sorry. And it's something that also helped a lot of people associate with them. Like, oh, yeah, that song by that group, that move. So I think that it all started with Super Junior. And I think that as time has progressed and they've gotten older, that's when they started developing like this swingy other side. And they also really developed in like ballads. And yeah, I think they're really well-rounded and it's still crazy because not all of them are really good vocalists. They have three really good ones, but that's it. But I think that as the years have passed, they've all developed their own their own color or whatever. And, <laughs> and you know what? I think that Tamara and I talked about it, like, what is this album going to sound like? They only have Yesung and... Sangumi and Kangin, like they were sub vocalists, but I mean, like, who's gonna sing? Like, Donghae is gonna have to pull it through, and also, like, Lee Tuk. And they did, like, I was really, really surprised, yeah, by like Shin Dong. Like, everyone pulled their weight. Every, you know what? I would say that I don't know how they pulled it off, but no, I do because they're, they're really hardworking and they're the best and whatever. Um, I mean, when you consider that, like, Shin Dong can go on Matt, King of Mass Singer, and people don't think immediately, oh, you're a rapper, when Shindog is literally a choreographing rapper, like he is a dancer. And Inyok and Donghae have ballads for DNE projects when they're all, and I mean, they're also really like cheesy and stuff. Um, but when Donghae, who is not even a sub vocal, like Donghae, when Super Junior debuted, it was like, yes, I'm it was like, he's a face. And then, and then when they brought in Q, like it was Cry, and then Sungmin and, and really Kangin were like the sub vocalist and then Donghae. And now Donghae is literally the secondary lead on this album. Oh no, sorry, Hichol is up there with Donghae right now. Pretty much this album is like Yesung, Donghae, Hichol. Oh yeah, Hichol, he had like a number one top song last year in Korea. Like nobody ever gives Super Junior credit for actually what they do on their own because I think people see them as individuals or Super Junior. And I think there's a divide nowadays. But they're all really good at hardworking and, and like the reality show that they had this year where they were like showed them in studio. It was a really nice look into how K-pop is produced when you're dealing with a group who has like Donghae wrote one of the singles, like he co-wrote one of the singles. But at the same time, like there's still a boy band who gets their songs directed by a company. So like they were given five songs and they picked which one they wanted to do for the single. And I thought that was really interesting that they like were so comfortable showing that on air. Like there was no like BSing like, yeah, we wrote it. And you co-wrote some lyrics, but they didn't try to claim we wrote our new single. It'd be so hard to try to say like what Super Junior is in two words because their albums are all encompassing. Like they have the ballads, they have the funny, quirky dance songs. They have, what Alexis is saying, they've been going for like a jazzier, more mature sound, like Devil and Magic. Well, one question I have, was Super Junior ever a Hallyu group? Yes. You know, what was their international profile? For a few years, they dominated internationally. I think they were the first act to get an EMA award. Teen Choice also. Teen, yeah, they... And I don't know, but were they the first to, like, have international subunits? I think they were. I would have to, like, 100% double check that. But Super Junior was the first boy group to really say, like, we're going to have two members just for China. And that was 
something that no other K-pop group had ever done before. I think the only other group that's ever done that has been New East. But they had like, Sorry Sorry topped the Taiwanese music charts for like 120 weeks. Like something crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm just looking at their awards right now. Like they won an award at the MTV Italy Awards in 2014. They won a Hollywood Music Award, whatever that is, in 2015. Like, And like they won a bunch of Mashable Awards in 2010, 2011. I think a lot of people kind of overhype the negative aspects of the group's career versus how big they once were and how dedicated their fandom has always been. And their fandom abroad is no joke. In Latin America, oh my God. They were like the first to actually have a tour in Latin America. Like not just, you know, Mexico and maybe Brazil. No, they went to like Chile and Argentina and Peru. And like, they're huge. They fill out arenas. So you mentioned Super Junior M. Was that the first big subgroup? Um, No, they already had Super Junior because they had 13 members by the time they started doing subgroups. There was some car accidents and stuff. So I think that kind of caused this. They had three different main subgroups. They had uh, four. Sorry, sorry. You said sorry, sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So they had had Super Junior T, which was like for Trot. They had Super Junior H, which was like for ridiculously cheesy, happy music. Happy. Wait a minute. They had a Trot subgroup? Yes. Rokugo is a huge hit in Korea. It is a Trot song. Rokugo, Rokugo. It's so good. It's so silly. It's like very trotty, but I don't think any other K-pop group's really done that. Then they had Super Junior KRY, which is Kyun, Ryouk, and Yesung, so they're three main vocalists. And then they had Super Junior M with the two other members, Jomi and Henry. And M's had some lineup changes. Oh, we didn't mention this. Super Junior was like the first K-pop group to have a Chinese member. Oh, yeah. Hangang. So Hangang... Han Kyung is his Korean name, but in China now he uses his Chinese name. So he's Han Gang. He was the first Chinese star on Korean television. And he, this is like Super Junior's first scandal was they had a member who wasn't able to be photographed or videoed on TV. So he had to wear a mask, like a full face mask. And people just thought he was a backup dancer. So why wasn't he able to be photographed? Because SM didn't get the proper visas because they didn't know how to deal with it at this point. And now when you consider how many foreign K-pop stars are, like Super Junior was the first group to have one of those. They were the first group. You're welcome. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Thank <laughs> us. Um, so for <laughs> Hong Kyung, nobody had really ever tried to have an international K-pop idol. And he wasn't the, I mean, he was a good vocalist, but he wasn't the best vocalist. And he was a great dancer, but he didn't make it into TVXQ. And I'm guessing they were just like, well, we just invested in this Chinese kid's career. So let's debut him. And they did. And it was a disaster because he wasn't able to be visible. Like he was in all the promo pictures and stuff, but he wasn't allowed. He wasn't allowed to be making money on any TV show or anything because he didn't have a work visa or the appropriate work visa. I don't remember what it was. So pretty much until they got that sorted out, he wore a full face mask. And that was that. And then SM figured it out. And since then, we've had tons and tons of different internationalities in K-pop. But his story didn't end up a happy one. No, No, but I mean, his whole story... Okay, pretty much anybody who's listening who doesn't know this, he was the first K-pop star to sue a company from China. And um, he pretty much went to go pursue a career in China. This is going to sound really bad. And if anybody who's a XOL is listening, they're probably going to get mad at me for saying this. But when you compare Super Junior's, like Han Kyung's departure to the three EXO members who left, Han Kyung was literally like not able to do his job and like 
was having visa issues because of his race and ethnicity and like his I guess his nationality and SM did not handle it well but by the time that EXO came around they were already experts at it so I think a lot of Elf always pitied him to some degree like he left because he wasn't treated fairly and he did end up winning his lawsuit like he was treated ridiculously unfairly by SM SM that was not a good year for SM's lawsuits between that and JYJ Mm -hmm. but yeah back to the subgroups Super Junior had four of them (laughs) back to M back to M yeah that's actually my pick Super Junior M the M obviously starts for Mandarin and they released Supergirl months after Sorry Sorry so they already had that platform and they all were already like on top or whatever and I guess that also helped them because Supergirl was really well received in like China and Taiwan like it was number one in like all the charts and stuff and it was written by Young Jing Yu which is like SM's key producer like he does all the iconic songs so like he did sorry sorry actually and he did Lucifer and I got a boy and mama like he composed them I like Supergirl because it followed in the same vibe as sorry sorry like it was groovy and it was like electro and it was just really 2009 it had that futuristic vibe that was really popular at the moment the music video starred girls generations jessica well former girls generation jessica and then most importantly jumi and henry were in the lineup which there's like this whole thing with Elf that they try to put them in the line, like in the original light up, and they like protested. K Elf was not having that. They did not want. I mean, they also protested Kyuhyun. I don't even remember when they like accepted him. After his car accident when he nearly died. Yeah, right? Yeah, I think it, until then. And they were like three years in or something. Well, not three, but they were like a couple of years into their career. Do you mean people were upset about adding them to the main Super Junior or just adding them to Super Junior M? Both? No, 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 no. <laughs> they were, yeah, both. But they were going to add them to like the original lineup, the Korean one. And fans were just like, nope, we're not about to do that. But, you know, still like they had these two trainees and it's like, well, okay, we're going to just promote them in China. They're Super Junior M. And it's like, it's this whole, like until this day, like, even the members, when they talk about them, it's like, oh, yeah, Super Junior M members. Like, they have to emphasize it because it's like a really touchy subject, which I don't understand. I don't understand how fans can compartmentalize it. Like, oh, yeah, we love Henry as Super Junior M, but not a Super Junior. It's so it's sad. Just, like, yeah, it's... They had only... Look at the stage now for Black Suit promotions. Like, why couldn't they have just thrown in Jomi and Henry if they wanted to be? Like... Ask them. And they're they're vocalists. Yeah. Would it have killed KLF? Sorry. It's it's not only KLF, but it's mostly Korean elf who seem to but be. But it's perfect. mostly. Yeah. yeah, Supergirl. It's iconic. It it actually has like my favorite line. Well the, the Korean version, but it has like my favorite super junior lyric, which is the he's not Superman, he must be a mama's boy. <laughs> like that's oh my god, that's like a roast. I love it. Supergirl is like so iconic that they still perform it and I'm happy but I'm also upset about it because they bring all the members to perform it which is cool to see like all of them participating in the song but it's also like bitter because it's like you know what you already segregate (laughs) Sumi and Henry and like don't now you're like bringing all of the rest of them into their song. 
But you know, it's a really cool song. I love it. Supergirl, well, Hanging left, so they added Donghae, Inyak, and Sungmin. I've noticed that some of their M singles are like my favorite, like Perfection. It's awesome. Oh, it's perfection, so good. Perfection is perfection. Uh. <laughs> and then, well, talking about M like opens the door into all the scandals with members and the ones that left, the ones the, and the ones who haven't left, who are just like, oh no, yeah, he's still part of the group. Okay, for okay. Super Junior, the main thing is 13 plus 2, where it's like the original 12 plus Kyuyeon plus the Mandarin-speaking members. So pretty much in 2009, Han Kyung was like, peace out, I'm going back to China where I'm treated properly. And Kim Kibum, who was rapper and sub-vocalist, just disappeared after Sorry Sorry. And No, it's you. He was a, it's, he was in It's You's music video, but he didn't appear on the song, but song i checked because that's gonna be the song i'm about to introduce but um so pretty much for like half a decade it was like no keep i'm still a member of super junior and they would reference him every once in a while and then magically was like nope he's not he's just not anymore we're like okay fine sometimes when i listen to like the super junior 05 album or something i'm like oh it's so funny how big of a role he played and i I, every time i listen i get like a little shocked i'm like oh right this is so crazy that he had such a big role in many of their songs, in their early songs. But he he was the main visual, right? Like, even before she won. Mm-hmm. Because he was an actor. He was a child actor. And he was supposed to be the one that was going to get everybody into the group. And he also spoke English. And he was just, like, the all-around. He could rap. He could sing. He was just everything. And suddenly, he just wasn't there anymore. And this was right as Sorry Sorry was happening. They've never ever clarified what was going on i for like a long time i was convinced like he must have been sick or something that was what i was convinced i have no idea he has since i think he's acted in one or two things but like he's gone then the real trouble started with kangen kangen has a lovely voice and i am very grateful for that and he had many funny funny moments in super junior's history on their variety shows which we haven't even talked about, but okay. Um, just know that Super Junior are hilarious entertainers just as much as they are great singers and performers. Anyway, Kangin got into a drunk driving accident and he was essentially exiled to fulfill his military service. Before anyone else. Before anyone else. He was the first K-pop idol to be in an active group to go into the military and he's not the oldest member. Super Junior has since kind of become the icon of k-pop group that's able to succeed and stay together past military enlistment which only shinwa ever was the only group that succeeded doing that before super junior really pulled it off and i mean hopefully they'll still will be here when kyuyeon comes back okay that was dark but uh we're, we're almost there we're almost there they come we're back and they're done like it's gonna be so great all our vocalists oh i'm so excited Anyway, so Kangen went to the military. Kangen came back from the military. Kangen got into another drug driving accident. Kangen went to go on hiatus and and reflect and think about reflect. what he's done. <laughs> reflect is the right. Reflect is the word I was not thinking of. Anyway, this week 
Kang In got into a assault issue with somebody at a drinking parlor. So three strikes <sighs> seems to be just looking on like Twitter and social media and everything. It seems like before this incident, Elf kind of was just like, okay, like he's really trying to like better himself as a human or something. Like this was the assumption that people have been under because it is what SM and Super Junior have been saying essentially is that he's reflecting. And in the middle of their promotions, which were already problematic for two other reasons that I'll let I'll let Alexis talk about because <laughs> I'm just too tired to speak about Sungmin and Shiwan right now. Pretty much Kangen just hit the nail in the coffin of how bad Korea has been reacting to the play album in Black Suit because now they've had the third controversy of a third member who's done something really offensive to Korean fans. And honestly, like, I don't see anybody supporting him on social media anymore. It was like, funny when, I mean, it was before this assault thing came out, but when they were on Weekly Idol, they're like, uh, that that member that we can't talk about. And then the MCs were like, oh, no, you can say. And then Inyang was like, okay, Kangin. Yeah. Well, even in SJ Returns, the reality show that they just had, they didn't ignore the members that weren't there. They, yeah. they like, referenced Sungmin, who's not allowed to promote because fans are mad at his wife or something. It's confusing. He got married and people don't like it. That's literally yeah. why he's not allowed to promote. And 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 like and his wife is like, petty. Like it's funny, his but petty. his wife is petty, and he gets a lot of elves really upset. And it seems like also like people were annoyed because he wasn't upfront with his relationship. But come on, Super Junior fans have protested members on multiple occasions. Like I think I did a list at one point on my computer, like of how many members of Super Junior have not been protested and threatened to be kicked <laughs> out of the group. And it's like one, <laughs> like fans protest this group. And I'm, I'm always really mad because like your name is literally everlasting friend. You should be supporting them every step of the way. And like, it's just, you're not traitors. And that's the one thing about moving on to Sungmin. Like that's the one thing about K-Elf is K-Elf actually has power. Everyone was on board. Like Sungmin was going to be part of the promotions and everything. I mean, he was released from the military. He was doing musicals, I think. And then it was like, okay, yeah, new album. And Kale was just like, uh, no, I do not think so because X, Y, and Z. And it was all because because he got married. And it was like, oh, you didn't let the members know. And like, you didn't let us know. And you were deceitful and stuff like that. And and like people felt that his musicals were like funding his marriage. Yeah, something so like that. <laughs> really. I just, yeah, I don't really get it. And then it was like Super Junior had the meeting not like a fan meeting, like a meeting with the fans. With the representatives of the people protesting. Yeah, and it was oh, like, wow. okay, what do you want to do? And it was like, we don't want Sungmin and we don't want Kangin. And it was like, okay, no Sungmin and no Kangin. I, I mean, I think Kangin wasn't on the table. Oh, yeah. Was a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, with Elf literally protesting members all the time, what was he supposed to do? Say, I'm getting married and like be happy for me a year in advance, like in warning fans. And we haven't even discussed the craziest thing. Oh my gosh, like being an elf is so tiring some days. She wants dog killed someone. So that's the other thing that's <laughs> happening. He didn't kill. Oh my God. Okay, she wants dog bit someone and they the person got infected and she died from septic infection, which I agree that she wants dog did not kill someone. She wants dog's dog bite killed someone. The dog sent someone to the hospital and then that person in the hospital got an infection and died. But it wasn't like the doc killed the lady. It just was really poor timing. And it turned out that Shiwan's dog had been known to bite in the past. So people were wondering why he wasn't on the leash. 
So Shimon, who is in the music video, who is on the album, who is like filming everything with Super Junior, was suddenly like well, another drama. member. Yeah, he's, he's in the drama. He's in the drama. <sighs> it's just another member of Super Junior who just like something happened and like honestly, aside from Kanye, everything seemed to be like just badly perceived by the public, and it it just feels like at this point Korean audiences are out to get Super Junior. Yeah, they just are looking around like, what can we What's like next? What be upset about? I mean, I was because this is literally something that she wanted. In. Like he was in the military. Like he he wasn't caring for this dog. It was his family. But you know what? What I personally find upsetting and frustrating is I think Super Junior is the one group who's under this microscope all the time. Everyone is always nitpicking them and it's just this is the thing like they were set to fail and everyone wants to see them fail and they haven't so you have all these scandals with other idols and most of men obviously yeah and they all been able to continue on with their careers all the drug things with big bang like i love big bang but it's like if you start comparing i'm sorry but it's like that's literally against the law you know something got married um she won like his dog bit someone just stuff like like hanging like that's the one that i'm like yeah okay that's fine so yeah so clearly i have a bit of anger towards people who seem to be out there to keep super junior down and make them the smallest possible lineup that they can which at this point seems like this is it because if, if any other member has another issue like why should they even bother when there's so much haters against them but I always, 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 when something bad happens to Super Junior, or even me, I always turn to their 2009 song, It's You, which is their follow-up to Sorry, Sorry. I was on the Sorry, Sorry album, because it's a great album. And like G, it was written by E-Tribe, the production team. And unlike G, it is like a kind of electropop R&B ballad. And I really think that like from the first minute of the song like with this pounding beat that it has to like there's like this clapping beat in it that's just so so good and everybody thinks that super junior is doing just like dance songs that's what super junior is and this song which is the last song featuring 13 members in the music video but kim doesn't sing on the song at all so it's sort of their last song altogether which itself is very sad it just has such a good sound to it it's kind of this more sentimental dance pop side that they just don't usually show people on singles although i guess they did it with what's the english title <laughs> one more chance one more chance the new song aside from the fact that it's beautiful it's really nice sentimental dance pop it has some really cool beats to it it has some really cool builds in it there's the lyric that's about how time is ticking but like it's still you and like the beats follows that like they sing TikTok, TikTok, and I think it's really nice. And I just think it's a beautiful love song. I really just want someone to make a really good orchestral version of it. I'm just reacting to it, just like thinking about it. Because Beast has an orchestral version of fiction. Mm. And oh my god, that's, oh my god. Well, I mean, Infinite has three orchestral albums of their songs. So I'm just like, everybody needs to do that. And It's You should be Super Junior's first one. Because it's really, 
the lyrics are really beautiful. I suggest anybody who's listening to this who's remotely interested in it to go read the lyrics if you've never done that. It's just like a beautiful song about love and how like it's always going to be you and like love isn't really like that, but it's nice to imagine that. More E-Tribe. I need more E-Tribe in my life. Well, the song from Super Junior's discography that jumps out to me before we get to their recent release is a 2007 song, Don't Dawn, which I have no idea what Don't Dawn means. <laughs> I feel like that's most of Super Junior's English lyrics. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, you put together a bunch of English. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Korean is just like Don Don, right? Which yeah, is like the same sound. Oh, but- so oh no, so sorry, sorry. Ugh, darn it, I did it again. <laughs> it's actually Don Don, which is like Don is money in Korean, and the lyrics are about like money. So it's Don uh, Don, like Don money. And Don money? Yeah. I mean, so like I just pulled up the English lyrics and like Don't Don everything in this world is about money. You that's stuck in the middle. What's what is your mind? You ought to control what is your mind. I beg you to look around yourself. You can see the desire and when I stop being in my head, whatever. That song is so good. It's all it's ridiculous raps. Yeah, it is good. So it's not what I expect from Super Junior. It's a very heavy metal, hard rock song. You talked a little bit before tomorrow about it and how you know, actually, their debut song was similar to that. Twins was a very hard rock mm-hmm. influence song. And I've talked before, you know, I really like when heavy metal is combined with pop vocals, which is a lot of this song. And sometimes in the vocals, they pull back the heavy metal aspect of it. But they also have some really aggressive rap. And as you said, the more rock vocals also. The thing that is sort of, I don't know if it's unique, but I haven't seen it before that I really like about this song. There's a long instrumental interlude that's very rock oriented but it has this violin part that's just Sir Henry. great oh henry <laughs> he's in the music video <laughs> he gets to perform on stage with everybody else once in a while It seems like an unrepresentative Super Junior song, but in a way, part of the Super Junior identity is how versatile they are. To me, it is kind of representative of Super Junior. Also, like that was what their sound was early on. And if you look at TVXQ's sound from that same era, it was similar. And then they all kind of switched their sounds up a little bit. Post-Merotic and sorry, sorry. Also, Heechel's haircut in the video. Oh my God. He's really proud of it, though. <laughs> he loves it so much. He? <laughs> yes. He's always, like, wanting to go back to that, you know, anime kings kind of thing. I don't it's know. It's his thing. Weird. It's his styling. Like, the rest, of them are, the rest of them are just like, ugh, never. And he's just like, I was beautiful. Heechul wants to be a J-Rock star. Like, that. That's, yeah. that's his goal in life. <laughs> and to be the girl group dancing J-Rock star. Yeah. Basically. But also Don Don is, well, for me, it's kind of bittersweet because it's the one song that Kyuhyun is not in. Right. Another scandal we didn't discuss was when nearly half of Super Junior died in a car accident. Which is why Heechul can't dance right now. No, it was a different car accident. Oh, a different one? Heechul was in one on the way to Donghae's dad's funeral. And was it Itook, Shindong, Inyuk, and Kangin were in a car accident another time and... They were all pretty seriously wounded. I think Itook had to be in the hospital only a few weeks shorter than Kyuhyun, but Kyuhyun, his vocal cords, 
like something was in his throat and pretty much the hospital called his dad and told him that they were going to ruin his vocal cords and his dad hadn't supported his career as as like a singer. He was like, no, don't do that. That's my son's career. And they saved his life in a different way. Yeah. It's pretty intense. (laughs) Yeah. That's also like one of the things why he's like really shy and he like never wants to show his body because people say that he's covered in scars. All right, so now we're up to the present day. Oh, play. Play. Did I hear somebody say that play is not doing well in Korea? It is not doing well. This is according to Wikipedia because I'm too lazy to actually go check the charts right now. And Wikipedia is relatively up to date. Their Devil single had close to 300,000 downloads, like downloads, song downloads, not to like streams. And Black Suit only has 52,000 in the same time period. And album sales, well, it... Play actually didn't do so horribly. It went to number two on Go Own charts, but they haven't actually been able to register how much it's been bought because SM didn't order enough copies and it sold out really quickly. They ordered less than 200,000 copies and that wasn't okay. So pretty much they had a restock. So Elf weren't able to make orders. And so now people are really annoyed because it means that in the first week, the numbers that Elf were trying to aim for didn't happen. But like, I think people didn't expect Super Junior's fandom to still be there. be there in a way. And so like, it's great that it, they sold out, but um, it's also kind of a little sad that like they didn't plan for so many fans to come out for them. But the album itself is great. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of it, Steven? Have you listened to the whole thing? I have. I have. I listened to it several times. Black Suit is, is a really good song, but what stood out to me about the album is the funk elements in yeah. it. Yeah. I really love that. My favorite song is probably Good Day for a Good Day, but oh, yeah. Scene Stealer is... Scene Stealer? Really? Scene Stealer is a... Scene Stealer, no! I just love the... It seems like they really tried to go back and incorporate authentic funk sounds, and they have that 70s, 80s vocoder, the vamping ad-libs and everything. It's, I think that's really cool. Party Stealer is one of the options for a um, yeah. single, and everyone essentially is really happy that they went. <laughs> Except apparently, Steven. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's a good B side, but it's like, yeah, I'm trying to like picture Inyak with his rap and stuff, like on a single, and just like, oh my god, because he wrote it. He wrote all the lyrics for that song. There's no other lyricist on that song. It's just Inyak, uh, which is nice. Honestly. I mean, I really like Black Suit, but I think that if they would have gone with One More Chance as a single, I wouldn't have been mad about it. I think it would have done better in Korea if they had gone with One More Chance. Because it's a ballad, yeah. But Black Suit is great. And it just feels like Super Junior. I know. I mean, it's literally called Black Suit. Like, they're like the representatives of wearing suits. But they're not wearing black suits on the shows. Well, that was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. They said, we're not going to be super obvious and wear the suits. We're just going to make it like someone wants to steal a suit, a really expensive suit or something on a music video. And then also, can we talk about that they included Q Hyun's vocals in two songs? 
I was really, I was not expecting that. And I was really pleased because it's like, he, I miss him. Wh- which songs? It was Girlfriend and my favorite. Oh my God, what's my favorite called? <laughs> too much, too, too late. Yeah. Too late, yeah. It's not fall without a Kyuhyun song. So it's officially fall. She sent me that and I screenshotted it because it was so true. (laughs) My personal favorite from the album, I think... Overall, Black Suit is really good representative take of what Super Junior is able to do as a group. They're able to do the dance songs. They're able to do the kind of like funny, cheesy, funky songs. They're able to do the nice ballads. And like, I do has one line drawn directly from Marry You, their first really romantic ballad that they did as a single. It's the response, right? Yeah, it's the response. So like, Marry You has the lines in it like, Noah Humke, Marry You, I Do, which is like, I want to get married to you, I do. So this is called I Do. I really like the lucky ones which is another ballad i because the harmonizing is so good and it's just so beautiful i really think that people underrate super junior as pop balladeers because they have such good songs go listen to why i like you from sorry sorry's album if you have not but yeah the lucky ones i really i kind of like laugh because exo had a lucky one and now super junior has the lucky ones and like sm is really good at repeating titles and exo also has lucky so now we're just like adding letters instead yeah. of words. <laughs> yeah, but just like jumping on what you were saying about them being really good balladeers. Honestly, I'm not a ballad type of person, but I think most of my favorite Super Junior songs are all their ballads. You know, it's weird that you guys say that because you say they're they're not the strongest vocal group. Yeah, exactly. But they have enough members to harmonize nicely. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. And like their three main vocalists are so good. And again, using that freaking word, it's like everyone has their own color. Not this album, but the anniversary album, Devil, their 10th anniversary album, like Stars Appear and Islands are like two of the most beautiful K-pop ballads I've heard in a long time. And it's because they really layer not only their vocals, but also the sentimentality into their lyrics. Like they're just so evocative because they have so many members who are able to lay out that emotion. And like just watching a lot of the newer acts, yeah, there are some who are just innately able to do that, singers, but like it takes time to grow into being a singer who's able to inflect your songs with emotion. And Super Junior just has really been able to do that. And like even Sorry Sorry's album has tons of ballads on it. Everyone knows them for their dance songs, but their albums aren't necessarily all dance focused. I think that right now it's really interesting. And even right now with the devil, I mean, with <laughs> Black Suit, I'm sorry. Shiwon sings like half of that song. Like it's Donghae and Shindong. I mean, and Shiwon, oh my God, that's SH. Anyway. 
<laughs> do they both sing that entire well yes obviously but like sub vocalist i mean and well he's out for the promotions because of the dog stuff and it's like he took and Shindong. they stepped up took it over yeah and it's really good and i was telling tamar the other day i was like you know what like i really wanted to see she won on this and everything but it's like really interesting to see Shindong and Lita get all these lines and you know because they're such a big group like I guess maybe 17 fans can relate like it's just such a big group and like not everyone gets assigned that many lines or like camera time or whatever so now that they're literally down to five you get to see them more for me it's like really nice to see them shine and be and yeah they stepped it up Shindong like he's a rapper he's a dancer like I mean, I don't want to talk about his personal appearance, but it's like we go back to the thing that they were not meant to succeed. They were not meant to be like Hallyu Kings, and yet here they are. Just like adding on to that, like my personal favorite member is Etik. So when I was watching their first One More Chance performance and like sitting there, like I'm wondering who's going to be doing Shuan's lines, and Etik just opens his mouth and sings. I like his voice, but he's not the just like objectively the best singer in the group. He's much more there for his personality and variety show talents. But like, he's a good singer too. And like, just seeing him being able to step up into that, I was so proud of him. And I was just like sitting there bawling my eyes out because the song was beautiful. Because like, at their height, including the Suju M members, there are 15 people and they're literally at a third of this. And the fact that they're still like going forward, like other groups would have just been like, oh, we're calling off promotions. No, there's none of that. And I just really, One More Chance Live, the first one was just so beautiful. They're the group that perseveres. The last man standing. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Such a lame line. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cool Teens K-Pop Unmuted. You can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and cultscene.com. And where can we find you on social media, Stephen? On Twitter, I am at Tennessee Appeal. And what about you, Alexis? I'm at ho underscore doyan. That's H-O-E. D-O-Y-A-N. And I am at Tamar Writes. So my name, T-A-M-A-R, Writes, because I'm a writer with an S at the end. So follow us at Cold Scene and follow us at K-Pop Unmuted and leave us comments, leave us reviews, hit us up. We're happy to talk about this episode and please stay tuned for the next episode.